0: Water.
1: Earth. Fire. Air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them, but when the world needed him most, he vanished.
0: A hundred years passed, and my brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Pang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to What's Appa, a rewatch podcast of the greatest show ever, Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm Joyce.
1: I'm Justin. And I'm
3: Anand. And this week, we want to give a special shout out to our friend Vikram, who read the intro.
2: Uh, So we would like to acknowledge that it's been quite a while since we've been on here with a new episode. Uh, We took a little bit of a summer vacation because, you know, sometimes creating this podcast can be bitter work. Just kidding. It's like really fun, but we just kind of decided to take a break. But we're back and better than ever, which is, you know, good segue into the fact that this episode is episode 28 of our podcast. We'll be discussing bitter work. Yeah, let's just get right into it. But a quick fun fact or two before we start about the title of the episode. Uh, Fun fact is that Bitter Work is actually a loose translation for the words Kung Fu or like of the words Kung Fu. And in the Avatar and the Fire Lord, which is an episode in season three, the best season, Avatar Roku actually refers to mastering all four elements as Bitter Work. So we actually hear the... uh, punchline in the next season you're gonna have to wait until then but um we get to see it you know just like the images of it and it uh being portrayed in this episode although not as explicit cool so with that let's just get into the first scene
3: so the first scene starts out as do most uh avatar episodes with the ang gang waking up bright and early next to a body of water and Aang wakes up and he's super hyped up because he's finally about to start learning earthbending and meanwhile, Sokka is sleepy and grumpy in the corner and just mumbling because he's still trying to sleep, uh, which is like me on most Saturday mornings.
2: <laughs> yeah, especially if you think about the fact that like this is the first time they've really gotten to slow down and take a pause because the last episode was the chase. So, yeah, I really feel for Sokka here, but... um have yeah, a fun fact so apparently yeah he's Sokka's is all grumbly and apparently Jack DeSena who's the voice actor of Sokka actually ad-libbed this mumble like grumble whatever he was saying um in one take and the writers thought it was so funny that they didn't want to like write something for Sokka to say here um so that's pretty fun
1: yeah and a comment I have here which will I don't know kind of prove the the vibe or the theme of this episode which is um it sucks Is that uh, Aang first? So Sokka isn't like, is not only sleepy and irritated and annoyed, uh, he's being woken up by Aang, who like clearly does not care at all for like Sokka's like sleeping. Um, And Aang gets up and he says, Today's the day. And then he like does a giant like Shoryukin in the air. And then he, I don't know, he he like bumps into Sokka and he's like, oh, you're still sleeping, huh? I don't know. (laughs) If someone did that to me, I'd be really mad. I feel like Aang is super out of character here. He's like not considering for Sokka's like being asleep at all. I feel like it's like very, very out of character because he's not being compassionate. And also I feel like the writers are still trying to find like the focus. Like all of season three, it feels like every single person, like their actions are like something they would actually do and i feel like this is not something ing would do but then like soft Ta- and then after this Toph like erupts in her earthbending tent and she says like good morning earthbending suit it's like <laughs> obviously she doesn't care about Sokka sleeping either i don't know i feel like people are just taking it out on him and it's like at least that's like in character for Toph.
2: yeah i was about to say that does seem like Toph like though
3: interesting um yeah and then aang says uh good morning sifu Toph
1: yeah, and I think we may have mentioned this when we brought up Sifu Kisu from the first episode, but Sifu or Sifu actually means master in Chinese, which uh, it's kind of cool.
3: And then Katara's over there and she's like, hey, you never call me Sifu Katara.
2: Yeah, and I just thought this was good, like residual tension from last episode because, you know, if we remember, yeah, there was like, they were beefing pretty hard, and so I think Katara's like a little jealous here. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously, but anyways, they smooth things over at the end of this episode.
3: And so Aang is super excited to get started with earthbending, and he asks what moves he's going to learn first. And one of the things he wants to learn is a whirlpool out of land.
1: Yeah, actually, he first asks, um, "Is it going to be a rock the trembler?" And then he says, "Maybe he can learn something." to make something out of whirlpool of land. And my thought was like, like not only is he literally transitioning from like water to earth, the element that's diametrically opposed from him, even the moves that he thinks up are related to water, like rock a and like a whirlpool of earth.
2: That's cool. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know what the trembler is, but yeah, I feel like yeah. there's like really cool attention to detail there.
2: The trembler like reminds me of the, you know that tiktok dance that's like the whoa or whatever
1: no unfortunately uh we don't use tiktok choice no it's okay. i mean i don't either but
2: you know it's just some people are hipper than other people <laughs> okay you can cut that if you want but anyways
1: so then we cut into the second scene the first of a series of scenes where Toph is teaching aang uh and then She says in the beginning, the key to earthbending is your stance. You've got to be ready and strong. Rock is a stubborn element. If you're going to move it, you have to, you've got to be like a rock yourself. Um, And she forces him to do a stance uh, like where he is basically like sitting in a squat. And I remember that from my Chinese martial arts classes as a kid. It's the horse stance.
2: Wow. What uh, martial arts did you do?
1: I don't remember the name.
2: <laughs> I guess horse stance is just that universal. What I thought was interesting about this quote was she says the key to earthbending is your stance, which is one key. But this is like what she leads with because she doesn't realize that Aang's going to have like the mental barrier that he ends up having because he ends up being able to actually, you know, do the motions of it really well. And so mm. it's interesting, I guess, like, maybe, yeah, I mean, like, the the mental part or, like, the personality trait, like, required of an earthbender, like, is just, you know, second nature to Toph, so she doesn't think to mention it in, like, her first instruction, which I thought was interesting. So it's not really mm. the key. The key for Aang is something else.
1: Then, Toph shows Aang his first earthbending move, uh, and he tries to move this rock, and he fails and is launched backwards. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and then uh, another fun note that um, I read online while I was doing the research was that this is actually, this episode is episode 9 of season 2. Aang actually also first starts learning waterbending in episode 9 of season 1. Wow. These two episodes, like episode 9 of both seasons, marks the second half of the the season. Act 2, if you will. Yeah, so then the next scene is Ira's dream but, you know, at first it's not very clear that it's a dream, so it took me a minute, Um, but young Iroh is running toward a tree with, you know, young Luten, and Luten pretends to strike him down with some, you know, firebending, or actually, I don't know if he was a firebender, but he's like, ha, and then, like, Iroh falls, and Luten falls, and they laugh, Um, and one thought I had was, like, oh, these are, like, the yellow warm tones that, like, Aang has in his, his flashback, so it's, like, a very, like, happy memory, whereas, like, you know, Zuko's flashbacks are largely, like, red and, like, sad. And another fun fact is that Mae Whitman, who voices Katara, actually voiced Lou Ten in this dream sequence. So, yeah, I mean, like, the voice actors and actresses in Avatar are just so multifaceted and talented. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to uh, a sadder memory. So now it's, like, raining and it's all blue. And then Ira says, my beloved Lou Ten, I will see you again. I also read this somewhere, uh, and I thought it was really interesting, which is, you know, someone was saying how the death of wu Ten really marked, like, the beginning of Iro's arc into, mm-hmm. like, becoming who he is today. Started him on his journey of, like, understanding the Four Nations and gaining the wisdom that he's actually going to, you know, bestow upon Zuko today. So I think that's, you know, that's pretty cool how they start with this flashback. It's like wu Ten and the death of wu Ten is what started it all, which, like, what made him stop being a general and like kind of renounce like the Fire Nation and everything.
1: Yeah, and then it cuts to current day. Uh, Current day, Iroh wakes up to see Zuko and Zuko tells him that he was unconscious and that Azula had hurt him because if you remember the last time we saw Iroh, they were attacked by Azula after the chase. And then Zuko says Mm -hmm. it was a surprise attack. And Iroh says, somehow, that's not surprising. And Zuko then responds (laughs) that it's only a matter of time before he runs into Azula again. So he should learn more advanced firebending. And then Zuko says, I know what you're going to say. She's my sister, and I should be trying to get along with her. And then Iroh responds, no, she's crazy, and she needs to go down. (laughs) Um, Which... uh, is out of character for iroh but i feel like it's like appropriate this time because it's like comedic and you don't expect it out of him and like kind of shows his human side so i feel like mm-hmm. already we've seen two demonstrations of effective out of characterness and like like bad out of characterness. I ness mean, he also <laughs> just got
3: struck by lightning by her and like had a very traumatic experience so makes <laughs> makes more sense i think
2: So the next scene is back to Aang's training. Katara is like, I don't understand what went wrong. He did it exactly the way you did. Because, you know, Aang is struggling to earthbend. And Aang says, maybe there's another way. Maybe if I came at the boulder from a different angle. And Toph says, no, that's the problem. You've got to stop thinking like an airbender. There's no different angle, no clever solution, no trickity trick that's going to move that rock. You've got to face it head on. And I thought thinking like an airbender is she implying that all airbenders think the same way and I just thought I don't know I was like that's bendist, (laughs) but I feel like it's like very interesting how they just like I feel like you know like and and Iris says this later too but like I feel like each like nation really does have like not only like a culture but like a a personality like associated with it so I just think that's kind of funny um and and also the personality seems like
1: Joyce is an Amon supporter
2: wait why oh because i want to get rid of all the benders yeah no no it's not that i just think it's interesting how like i feel like the identity of the nation is so tied to like the element mm. that the people bend but actually you're right because not everyone is a bender so that's like really <laughs> unfortunate for the people who are not benders yeah. they get lumped in with the stereotypes that goes with the whole like what's your identity if not a bender you know so ooh, but yeah anyways uh, yeah and then Uh, Katara pulls Toph aside and tries to share some like teaching advice and then she says oh he really responds well to a positive teaching experience lots of encouragement and praise kind words if he's doing something wrong maybe a gentle nudge in the right direction and I just thought it was so funny when she was talking she like the the background music is this like angelic like cutesy music and I thought this is so funny like the even the creators clearly think she's being way too much like coddling him too much because mm. this music is it's like almost sarcastic and then Toph is like yeah totally I'll try that
3: and then meanwhile we jump back to Iroh teaching Zuko and I'm not going to even attempt an Iroh impression because Justin's is just so much better than mine um but Iroh says lightning is a pure expression of firebending without aggression Is not fueled by rage or emotion the way other firebending is. Some call lightning the cold-blooded fire. It is precise and deadly, like Azula. To perform the technique requires peace of mind. And, yeah, I just thought this was interesting because, obviously, in Season 3, we see the firebending masters and we learn about how true firebending is not fueled by anger. This is kind of the first hint that, you know, Iroh is in on the secret, as we find out in that episode, and that Mm. he has kind of mastered this... um, technique of firebending without aggression. I guess the one confusing thing is that Azula also knows how to perform this technique and I would say she's not free of aggression and like negative energy. (laughs) So I don't really know what's up with that, but I thought it was an interesting connection. Yeah,
2: no, that's cool that you mentioned the firebending masters. And I was gonna say the exact same thing. Like doesn't Azula bend lightning when she's all crazy and unhinged at the end. And then like Ozai bends lightning at Zuko too and clearly it's when he's really upset. So i don't know yeah hmm. maybe ours a little confused i feel like
1: I, I interpreted it a little <laughs> differently mm-hmm. which is like when you f- like like you were saying earlier joyce with how every element has its associated mannerisms and behaviors um which are almost like if you think about it like principles of like their nations right like uh, f- mm-hmm. f- uh mm-hmm. you know earth nation being like strong so like they have like invested a lot of defense military and stuff like that and like it it reflects in like the culture uh of the people but when you look at these elevated forms of bending like lava bending that requires uh a very goofy and like loving earthbender, or like blood bending which requires like you know uh, being a very like impassioned and like almost hateful waterbender or like in this case a very uh yeah what what is the term he used cold-blooded firebender um i feel like Mm -hmm. these personality traits are like on the opposite side of the elemental wheel almost so it's not that you have to be at peace on the inside i think it just means behaviorally you have to be able to behave as a waterbender and then you unlock like this special part of your element maybe that's reading too much into it i don't know mm. hmm.
2: no that's cool that's like yeah very good insight as well so the next scene is um iroh actually teaching zuko about how lightning works so iroh says there is energy all around us the energy is both yin and yang a positive energy and a negative energy only a select few firebenders can separate these energies. This creates an imbalance. The energy wants to restore balance. And in the moment the positive and negative energy comes crashing back together, you provide release and guidance, creating lightning. Okay, that was a terrible, Iroh impression. I tried, but then I stopped because it wasn't going very well. But yeah, I thought this was cool because like it's legit. You see you start to see, I mean, you see so much of Iroh's wisdom in this episode. It's so mm-hmm. cool. And actually the last time we saw Iro teaching or coaching or Zuko at all was like in season one on the, at the very beginning, like on the boat. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just cool to see that side of him. And then um, of course I wanted to include some earth science fun facts. So I was like, Oh, how accurate is Ira's description of how lightning works? And it's really Accurate. Um, So lightning (laughs) is caused by imbalances between the storm clouds and the ground, or just within the clouds themselves. So the uh, positive and negative charges like get further apart. So if it's like, you know, if you can see the lightning, and it's not just in the clouds, it's like the negative charge, like at the bottom of the clouds. Um, and the positive charge of the ground or the trees, um, and it becomes so imbalanced that, uh, nature seeks to restore the balance. And so the lightning is like the current that, uh, between the two charges. So that's like exactly what Iro described. So mm-hmm. such a smart guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, yeah. So Iro is now going to do a demonstration. So he gestures for Zuko to stand back and he, then he creates lightning and shoots it into the sky. And this is actually the first time we see that, um, we see Iroh creating lightning. So he's only mm-hmm. redirected it up till now. So it's pretty uh, breathtaking. And then Iroh gives another tip and he's like, remember once you separate the energy, you do not command it. You are simply it's humble guide.
1: Breathe first. Yeah, and I think this episode for Zuko's character development is at least important because it, you know, is not only bitter work but it's following up Zuko alone where I believe, like that's like the inflection point for Zuko. So I think lightning bending is also somewhat poetic for him because it's kind of like he has to absorb like all this pain and suffering and shame that the Fire Nation has brought to itself, um, and he has mm-hmm. to be its humble guide later on in the in the show when he becomes the the man. So, but right now he's just a boy because he only <laughs> knows how to hold it in, and it gets yeah, blasted back in that's his face. Funny.
2: Exactly, yeah. He tries it and it just blows up in his face like everything always does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, uh, he's too much. Until episode. he stole Katara's necklace. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so before we get back to the teenage sob story, uh, we go back to the in gang and Toph says... This time, we're going to try something a little different. Instead of moving a rock, you're going to stop a rock. Now, get in your horse stance. Horse stance. Ooh. Ooh. Um, (laughs) And then Toph tells him that she's going to roll a massive boulder down a hill at Aang. And she says, if you have the attitude of an earthbender, you'll stay in your stance and stop the rock. Horse stance. Um, And then Toph pushes the boulder down, and Aang jumps out of the way to avoid it. And Toph, like obviously is kind of pissed off like Aang didn't follow the instructions and she like marches at him really like angrily and then Aang says i guess i just panicked i don't know what i have to say and he's like all dejected and you know like like ing like when he fails and then top says there's nothing to say you blew it you had a perfect stance and perfect form but when it came right down to it you didn't have the guts and then Aang just says <laughs> i'm sorry and and you know It's like, ah, shit, like she went Mm -hmm. too far, you know? Um, Yeah. And as we see Aang at his lowest point in the show, we also cut to Zuko uh, failing at lightning bending and everything's just blowing up in his face. And he's also at his lowest point in this episode. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, tongue in cheek almost with it. And then Iroh says, I was afraid this might happen. You will not be able to master lightning until you have dealt with the turmoil inside you. And then Zuko says, what turmoil? And then Iroh says, <laughs> Zuko, you must let go of your feelings of shame if you want your anger to go away. And then Zuko's like, but I don't feel any shame. I'm as proud as ever. Uh, and then Iroh responds with one of his best quotes of all time, Prince Zuko, pride is not the opposite of shame, but its source. True humility is the only antidote to shame. Uh, what a good line. What a good line.
2: Yeah. Well, so actually, I don't know if I'm slow, but I did not really understand this at first. So, uh, does somebody want to elaborate a little bit on what they think that what they think Iro means by pride not being the opposite of shame, but its source, or true humility being the only antidote to shame? So, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. I feel like it's super fire, though. I was like, damn! <laughs> I wrote like. I was like, damn, that's super hot fire. (laughs) And then I was like, wait, but also what does that mean exactly?
1: Yeah, I think what Iroh means here is that uh, a lot of people think that some emotions are opposites, like, you know, happiness and sadness. And I guess in this case, pride and shame. But it's a very, like, I feel like Eastern philosophy to believe that attachment to one thing will cause gratification when it's that thing is achieved and it will cause there's almost like a twisted joy out of the anticipation of something that's like almost even bigger dopamine hit than the thing itself um but inherently in that cycle after you've done the thing you will desire it again and like that will cause suffering and I think that's true of like you know Mm. uh, like very like hedonistic types of happiness like you know like drinking alcohol, doing drugs or like even like hugging a loved one and like that that is something that like we call happiness but then like when it's not there we are sad and I feel like this is another one case where um, it's like a desire to have some material thing or to like feel important about your position in society and that causes Mm -hmm. the pride but when you're deprived of of that thing that you want um you, you have shame because you, you don't feel valued mm. inside or, or whatever that means and that that's what he's trying to tell Zuko that that the way out of feeling a lot of shame isn't through feeling proud about something but rather letting go of needing to feel it at all
2: mm. wow that's very deep Anand can you top that
1: <laughs> no no
3: I'm not even gonna <laughs> try
2: that was well said yeah, no, that, that totally makes sense. Um, and this is something actually I read online um, about how, you know, maybe Iroh has learned this lesson for himself. Somebody was saying that Iroh felt a lot of shame about his past of like what he did, you know, when he was fighting for the Fire Nation, that, um, you know, true humility or like humbling himself to the other nations is like really what what made him come out stronger the other on the other side so yeah i don't know i thought that was kind of interesting an interesting take on like why iroh holds this like philosophy now um yeah yeah good quote
1: and then iroh reveals that he has a new move that he came up with that he can teach zuko that not even zula knows um so i feel like he's trying Mm -hmm. to throw zuko a bone here
3: All right. Then we flash back to Sokka, uh, who, once again, is the comic relief of this episode. And we flash back to Sokka being stuck in a hole in the ground um, because as he was venturing out for food, he got stuck in a hole. And we come across a cub, a tiny little cute cub, which is actually a saber-toothed moose lion cub, uh, we later find out. And it's super cute. It's just sitting on Sokka's head and it's like sleeping and just having a good old time. And Sokka says, you probably think I deserve this, don't you? Look, I'm sorry I hunted you, but that's just the natural order of things. Big things eat smaller things. Nothing personal. But this time it just didn't work out that way.
2: Yeah, so when I heard the natural order of things, it's really a, you know, rung a bell. Um, so I was looking it up and if we remember in the Warriors of Kiyoshi, so way back in the day, mm, um, wow. in, and Sokka's development journey, um, you know, team avatar was like flying on Appa and Katara was sewing Sokka's pants and then Sokka's just like lying there. And then he's like, thanks for sewing my pants or something. And then Katara's like, why don't you sew your own pants? And then Sokka's like simple girls are better at fixing pants than guys and guys are better at hunting and fighting and stuff like that it's just the natural order of things so you know mm. at least saka is not a misogynist anymore <laughs> but he's still got a ways to, he's still got a ways to go to becoming a you know respectful of all life <laughs> um, <laughs> on this planet so you know
3: and then saka just kind of looks around and he says okay you convinced me if i get out of this alive it's A karmically correct vegetarian existence for me, no meat, even though meat is so tasty. And then the cup goes away and brings Sokka back an apple, but Sokka can't reach it because he's stuck in a hole. And he manages to whip out his boomerang, and then but <laughs> it just falls to the ground. And then he's just really sad, and he's like, Come back, boomerang, but it doesn't come back.
1: Yeah, and then we cut back to Team Avatar, and the next scene opens up with, uh, it says in my notes here, mom chasing a frog. Actually, Kaya is back in the show. No, um, (laughs) it's Momo (laughs) chasing a frog. Um, And I think it's kind of cool that these two scenes are back to back because it has this um, theme of, like, you know, hunting or chasing in this episode. Mm -hmm. And it's also when, you know, Zuko. Who's hunting? Aang um, starts having doubts about whether that is the right path forward, Um, Mm. and then you know after you know it shows Momo chasing this frog and pans up, and Katara is talking to Aang and she says, "You know this block is only temporary, right?" And it's like. Isn't it the Mm -hmm. most, like, waterbender thing to do to, like, you know, when Aang is down to console him or give him reasons that his current block is temporary and it's not his fault? Um, And I think it just really highlights the different archetypes of people in the show where it's, like, trying to show, Mm -hmm. like, really, really push that. I feel like that's, like, the cool learning moment for children, at least in this episode. It's that there's different ways of thinking about the world and they're not necessarily right or wrong. Uh, and then Aang says I don't want to talk about it and Katara says you do realize that's a problem don't you if you face this problem instead of avoiding it and then Aang retorts in like exasperation he's like I can't do it and I don't know why and Katara explains how air and earth are opposites on the elemental wheel and that's why it's hard for him to get it um and then she you know realizes and she reads the room like ang is like super depressed at this point like he's not coming back from this um and then she like throws a read at him uh to cheer him up uh you know let's true love him, all right? when uh when your girl tries to kill you
2: <laughs> he would have been fine <laughs> she would have been the um... one to
1: kill the avatar <laughs>
2: Oh
0: my
1: god,
2: <laughs> these reeds are like deadly poison, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so first, yeah, Katara is such a good pal, you know, I feel like I want, to, you know, even though Katara can be a little, uh, you know, bossy, or, you know, overbearing, she's also just such a good friend, like, I feel like she just knows the exact right things to say, um, even though, like, Aang is still really sad. But a fun fact, actually, that I read was that in The Legend of Korra, so spoilers, just kidding, it's not, like, a real spoiler, um, but in the episode A Leaf in the Wind, Tenzin actually says that the element that the Avatar has the most trouble with is the element that is most opposite to their personality. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, their opposite, because Korra has so much trouble trying to learn air, and water and air are supposed to be, you know, compatible or similar, but Korra, since she's, like... So annoying is <laughs> like really bad at learning air um, just kidding no no hate, a little bit of hate um, <laughs> but yeah I thought that was interesting uh,
1: then Katara you know in her almost like on the nose consoling way she says excellent you have the reflexes of a water bending master and then Aang says thanks Katara, see you for Katara and they vow to each other
2: Cool, so the next scene is back to Iroh and Zuko, and Iroh is still trying to teach Zuko. um, And he's now teaching Zuko a little bit more about the four elements and the four nations. So he says, fire is the element of power. The people of the Fire Nation have desire, will, and energy and drive. And then he says, earth is the element of substance and the people of the earth kingdom are diverse and strong and persistent and enduring. And then he says, air is the element of freedom. The air nomads detached themselves from worldly concerns and found peace and freedom. Also, they apparently had pretty good senses of humor. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I thought this was so funny. I mean, Iroh is like the best character because he can be both comic relief and just like the best character. Um, So yeah, but I thought like, okay, Gyatso is pretty funny, but like most of those old monks were real like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Buzz kills. like they were not they did not have good senses of humor at all um but yeah just one of the great you know many one of the many great iron moments of this episode um and then he says water is the element of change the water nation is very capable of adapting to many things and they, there's a sense of community and love that holds them together and then he says it's important to draw wisdom from many different places if we take it only from one place it becomes rigid and stale understanding other elements and nations will help you become whole
1: i love this quote because i think it works on so many levels um the first is and i think like the most interesting is uh iroh acting as zuko's like mentor and guide he's like teaching him like you know politics almost right now like how to be an effective leader and like manage these different like nations which i thought was cool because he like manages to sneak that like lesson in there um also obviously mm-hmm. as like a teaching moment for children which is like you know the most well-rounded person is like a person that can draw on different ways of thinking um and it's also like a moment of world building because it introduces us to this idea that these nations have like some particular like way of thinking about them um and it's like how it's formalized into these nationalities and bending styles Mhm. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah it is a uh... Really cool quote. And then Zuko's like, this sounds like Avatar stuff. Um, But I think you bring up a good point of, like, Iroh trying to sneak in this almost, like, political lesson. Because I read somewhere where, yeah, someone was saying, like, oh, yeah, Iroh is priming and prepping Zuko to become Fire Lord right now. And I was like, whoa. Like, I did not Hmm. think of it that way. But, like, that's that's pretty sneaky if, like, he really is trying to, like, impart these more, like, these, like, leadership-type lessons um yeah um so i have a question obviously we're learning about the different <laughs> characteristics and traits of the different nations so what nation would everyone here be from or you know do you feel embodies you
1: the most Ooh, this is a good buzzfeed question
2: <laughs> yeah no totally. what element? i'm glad you? i got to sneak that in there well well so actually I think it's interesting because he, you know, he mentions like the element and like what that's associated with, but then he also describes the culture of like each nation (laughs) and they're kind of (laughs) different. Um, So I don't know. I feel like the question I've at least talked about with my friends is like, what element would you want to bend? But like my question right now is like, what nation would you belong to? Mm. And Oh, another thing that I read that was cool was like somebody, you know, when he describes the fire nation, he describes them as, like, having desire, will, and energy, and drive, and it's, mm-hmm. like, someone was, like, oh, that's, like, it's so cool that I was able to describe the Fire Nation in such a pure, like, non-judgmental way, even though they're, like, being really evil right now. Um, so, okay, yeah, you can, you know, think of those words if you're going to say you're Fire Nation, no judgment <laughs> from anybody around here. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, let's guess for each other that the other two people can um, consult <laughs> okay. <on> each other.
3: This <laughs> might lead to some conflict.
2: Or or we're just like all so firmly within each, you know. Wow, maybe it'll be cool if all three of us are something different.
1: Ooh, that be would like, be wow, cool. What's
2: Appa is such a diverse <laughs> cast. <laughs> all
1: right, should we do Anand first? Okay. okay. So I'll count, I'll count down and then we say at the same time.
0: Ooh. Oh, wow. This is so
1: exciting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Earth. Water. Joyce. Oh. <laughs> okay. That was also not at the same time, yeah. but
2: I, I wouldn't have changed either. Okay. Answer. Interesting. Earth. Yes.
1: Because. Yeah, that's interesting. Iroh describes them as diverse and uh, strong or and persistent and enduring and the persistent and enduring part convinced me.
2: Mm. Interesting. Ona is very hardworking. Wait, okay, wait. Should we give our reasons? Okay, wait, no. I'll give my reason next and then you can Sure, say. sure. Okay. Sure, sure. I feel like water is the element of change. People are capable of adapting to many things. And I feel like I feel like Anand is pretty like go with the flow. And I guess, you know, that's kind of what Aang says about air too, but I feel like Anin can, like, yeah, just, like, adapt to things well and, like, like always is, like, cool and, like, collected.
3: <laughs> cool. Nice. <laughs> um,
2: Not cool in that, like, cool as in the coolest. Like Not cool as in, coolest. in, like, cool, you know? <laughs> Not, like, the coolest. <laughs> Man.
3: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it depends what words, like, Iro uses here, because I think if we just take the first part of what iris says for each of them i would probably go with water because i think that part is like as joy said they're capable of adapting to many things is probably market but then you know sense of community and love to hold them together i don't know how applicable that is so yeah, yeah i, d-
2: I d- strategically left that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. like, wait, but, but i'll
3: take adaptable and persistent and enduring mm. so like a mud bender things. or something you know. all good things
2: oh mud bending yeah <laughs> mud great bending. great type of bending <laughs> that we've you know that we're gonna see <laughs> wait no that we've already <sighs> seen right no sorry that we're gonna see. um
3: um all right oh, shoot I who's next
2: three
1: two one fire, fire. oh um, oh
2: wow. nice. okay
3: interesting do you want to go first yeah, I think I was actually deciding between fire and earth, but I think the um like energy and drive is really <laughs> what got me. I think uh, you know, once you once you take something up, you really push it forward and drive it through and are the motivating force in a lot of ways behind even WhatsApp. So there you go guys Joyce is heard it here
2: first if uh you know if it weren't for me what's up would have been on permanent summer break <laughs> just kidding
1: <laughs> yeah energy and drive also sold me pretty hard i've never seen choice without energy
0: Ooh,
2: well good at faking just kidding um okay yeah actually i was i was like yeah i was also thinking fire although yeah i hadn't given this very much thought before and i was like wait i feel like yeah, definitely fire. I was, like, maybe thinking water, but now I'm like, uh, I don't think so. I think fire out of all
0: of them.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's right, cool. cool. You guys had agreement on that. Okay, so we got two elements so far. Let's do Justin all right. next. <laughs>
3: um, all right. Are you ready? Yes. Three, two, one. Earth. Earth. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Joyce, would you like to go first?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, Earth is an element of substance. The people of Earth are diverse, strong, persistent, and enduring. Well, first, Justin is strong because you should see him make those gains at the gym <laughs> every day. <laughs> Just kidding. I've never seen that. But,
3: but he is um, really strong.
2: Yes. Um, but I feel like persistent and enduring, like, you know, the last two things, like, really... I think that was it because I feel like Justin can be very persistent and you know and enduring when he like really believes in something. And uh, huh, they're diverse in there too. I feel like Justin like you know has a lot of diverse interests and uh yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree. I think all yeah all four words are pretty applicable here. Very persistent and enduring, especially.
2: All right, Justin, how did we do?
1: Uh yeah, I I mean I hadn't even gotten thought that far. Um
2: Oh, wait, really? Yeah. Oh no. You weren't even ready. No, well,
1: I had trouble uh picking one, but I think if I if I had to land on one, I think it might be Earth.
2: Ooh. Nice. Yeah. All right. So out of the three of us on is the most mis- <laughs> mysterious and enigmatic, yeah. you know. He uh-huh. <laughs>
3: he's a a divergent if
2: you will he's the avatar um i'm the avatar but yeah justin and i are clearly um easy to put in a box
3: (laughs) i'll take water just so i can i can uh Fit in a box oh, too. No, the, that's oh, not yeah, your yeah, box, you know. Not okay, of so no boxes. one is
2: air, which makes sense because the air nomads are extinct. <laughs> <so. Yeah>.
3: Also, <laughs> they would be living on a mountain somewhere and wouldn't know what Zoom is so, mm. or podcasts. True, true. It
2: kind so. of makes a lot of sense, yeah. None yeah. of us are nomads really. Yeah. The digital nomad is a thing now, so maybe uh, one of us can make the switch. Maybe we need to invite a fourth member to uh, join the podcast, who is air. So if any of you guys are air, um, let us know uh, by emailing us or hitting us up on social media. Email is for old people. Um, okay, cool. Thanks for uh, you know, part- that was fun. participating in my Buzzfeed quiz. Um, <laughs> but no, it's cool. I mean, yeah, this is great world building and uh, we learn a lot about all the different nations, so um oh and then finally Iroh is like yeah so with all that being said I learned this new technique from studying the waterbenders yeah um so the next scene is back to Aang and Toph so Aang is actually meditating on a rock in this scene and it just made me wonder how much time he spends meditating when they're on the road you know it's like it's like Mm. they have so much downtime that we don't get to see so it's like is he meditating for like 10 minutes a day listening to headspace or is he you know doing an hour a few hours you know we don't really know um but then Toph is like oh I found some nuts in your bag and she's like I figured you wouldn't mind and besides even if you did you're too much of a pushover to do anything about it and then she just starts like disrespecting Aang's staff completely
1: okay so first of all well the show is too old for it but man what a missed Opportunity for these nuts jokes, um, and, then, <laughs> <laughs> and then second, tough. You know when she says, "I figured you wouldn't mind," and besides, even if you did, you're too much of a. And like when she said that, I'm, uh, I thought she was gonna say pussy, but then like I realized it was a kids show. But she said, "You're too much of a pushover to say anything about it." I was, I was kind of disappointed, but you know.
2: Let's be real, tough like would have
1: said that. <laughs> yeah, tough would have said that. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps>
2: yeah oh that's really funny um yeah um but then yeah I mean Aang is like trying not to lose it but then Katara comes in and says it's almost sundown and Sokka isn't back yet I think we should search for him
1: uh so <laughs> then it cuts back to Iroh teaching Zuko <clears throat> and uh Iroh says that waterbenders deal with the flow of energy a waterbender lets their defense become their offense turning their opponent's energy against them. I learned a way to do this with lightning. If you let the energy in your own body flow, the lightning will follow it. Uh, and he demonstrates the technique. Um, and then he says that the stomach is the source of energy. Uh, and he makes a joke that it's a sea of chi. And in only my case, that uh, it's more like a vast ocean.
2: Yeah. And i thought this was. So funny. I think this is the best joke of the entire episode and Zuko does not even like budge, <laughs> yeah. like not even like the corner of his mouth and it's just so unfortunate cuz it's not even like a dad joke. It's just a funny joke. Um yeah. Ugh, Zuko's so annoying in this episode.
1: Yeah, and then Zuko says that he's ready um and he's like ready like as in like he's ready to get hit by lightning. And then Iroh says, like, (laughs) no, you're not. Um, Like, what the fuck? (laughs) I'm not going to shoot lightning (laughs) at you. Uh, And then Zuko, being the, you know, deprived teenager that he is, he storms off and he tells Iroh that he'll find his own lightning. Like, he's going to move out and find his own place.
2: Yeah, and actually the, the, like, expression that Iroh has here is, like, really painful, actually. He, like, grimaces and he, like, scrunches his nose and he, I don't know, he's, like, he's in pain um and yeah I just wonder why he didn't go after Zuko but also like of course he didn't because you know it's Iroh's whole thing to like let Zuko find his own path but it clearly pains him sometimes to not like step in um Mm -hmm. so yeah I thought that was uh quite moving um Mm -hmm. yeah so then the next scene is back to uh, Sokka and uh, Aang. So Aang has now found Sokka uh, and he's stuck in this crack in the ground. And uh, this, the mama saber-toothed moose lion comes in. And uh, fun fact, an animal fact is that, you know, we see here that both male and female saber-toothed moose lions have massive antlers, whereas in real life, only male mooses or meese have antlers. <laughs> so um, that's kind of cool. Uh, anyways, then uh, he's, you know, Aang is like, Sokka's like, you gotta earthbend me out of here. And Aang's like, no can do. And so he like goes over to the corner and tries to dance to distract the uh, mother for a second. And a fun fact about this is that the dance is the same dance he does on stage in The Deserter, which is just this like super mm-hmm. goofy dance. And, and that's kind of fun. I even <laughs> like that bit of continuity because it's like, wow, Aang, you know, this is Aang's move. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: And then, yeah. Aang just, you know, eventually, finally stands up to the moose lion uh, mother, but doesn't actually earthbend, just like airbends very aggressively. um, And, you know, the mother goes away. And then, you know, Toph is just like clapping on the side. um, And Aang is like, wait, what? You've been there this whole time? And Toph is like, yeah, it's like, I'm just enjoying the show. And then she eventually just like has his staff again and tries to use it to crack another nut. And then Aang is like, no, this is enough. And like stands up to her. To make her stop. And then Toph is like, you, stu- you stood up against the beast. And more importantly, you stood up against me. Like, you've got the stuff. And then so she's like, do it right now. It was, like, so aggressive. Um, but <laughs> then finally, Aang earthbends. And I don't know. I feel I got goosebumps. I feel like it's just, like, the buildup of, like, Toph being, like, this, you know, mean kind of, like, I don't know, Mr. Miyagi type, like, mentor, I guess, you know, like, coach or or whatever and like him finally being able to do it um because now he's got the guts uh i thought it was really cool um
1: i don't know i feel like like it it felt kind of rushed like it almost feels like ang doesn't deserve it in this episode like he kind of got over his fear like super quickly Um,
2: Mm, that's very true actually i feel like i agree with you but it still was like i don't know
1: yeah, it, it, it excited, reminds me yeah. a lot of like you know when when Sokka suddenly became like a feminist
2: <laughs> i wouldn't right. say he's a feminist <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i would say he's just like a normal person now <laughs> just not
1: not a blatant misogynist
0: <laughs> hmm.
1: but yeah i don't know i felt that that was kind yeah, of yeah no
2: i i think lacking. i agree actually it is it is pretty fast um yeah you're right it would be cool to see him struggle a little bit more just because like everything up till now has come to him so easily but i guess there's a whole training montage you know and like you know maybe days passed. just kidding sock would be dead
0: <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> so actually you're right this
2: is literally only one day so i think that strengthens your point further. <laughs>
3: yeah i i agree like i was also thinking that oh i was only one day and he learns it but if we look at the history of ang learning things he gets everything like literally in an instant and he he does actually really struggle with this and they do spend a lot of time like going through ang's process of training so yeah yeah it probably would have been more realistic if it was a day but i still like the the narrative that they had in this episode yeah yeah
2: i think yeah If they're going to limit it to one episode, I think they did a good job of that, at least. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah. Here's a counter example. The Sokka Pian Dao was only one episode, but obviously it spanned over, like, multiple days. Mm. So that's a much more satisfying arc.
3: Yeah, maybe it's literally because of the Sokka thing to tie the whole episode (laughs) together. It needed to be in one day.
2: Yeah, that's funny. So Sokka really just killed the arc the character development here (laughs) by getting stuck in the crack yeah so then you know they get Sokka out and they go back to camp and Katara and Sokka hug and Sokka starts like going on about like all the revelations he had while like stuck in the crack and like I don't know like of course nobody is paying attention because you know Sokka just gets takes L's all day in the show Um, but speaking of crack (laughs) this online (laughs) someone was like, oh, did he ever need to pee? Uh like while he was there? Ooh. He was there the whole day. So yeah, I don't know. I mean it's not the best image, but like I'm sure Sokka had to had to take care of some things while in the in the ground and oh, couldn't man. have been pleasant. Um anyways then uh Toff uh you know Aang is like so excited. He can like it's actually crazy though because he can move huge pieces of earth like already um so yeah it's a little it's a little too fast but Toph you know admits to Katara that you know the positive reinforcement thing worked in the end um and yeah it's nice finally Toph and Katara are getting along better
1: yeah that's also like doesn't feel very satisfying they just like magically got over it I don't know I feel like Toph would give a lot more sass
2: Mm. yeah but I guess she's also just like very happy that like, I mean, she did get through to him, right? So like.
3: Yeah, this this I actually liked because I thought it was like a nice ending to their last episode, like rivalry. And even through, like even in the beginning of this episode, like it was kind of tense, but like she actually did use Katara's advice and it worked. So she gives Katara some credit here. Yeah, so it's I like it nice. a little
2: bit more respect for both on both sides.
3: So then we cut back to Zuko in the final scene this very iconic scene and we see Zuko standing on this like precipice at the top of the mountain and it's storming it's raining hard there's thunder and lightning in the background and Zuko just looks up and screams into the storm you've always thrown everything you could at me well I can take it and now I can give it back and he screams come on strike me you've never held back before and then he just yells and tears stream down his face.
2: Yeah. It's very sad and um uh, I think this is his rock bottom in the episode. So yeah, I don't know. Like I feel like I don't know. I guess, you know, I was reading some things and people are like, "Yeah, he like this is his like rock bottom for the entire show." And then he just like kind of mellows out and bossing say and like you know, then at the season finale, he obviously, like, makes the wrong choice, but he's still, like, sus, you know? And so, like, this is, I don't know, like, it's just very sad and, like, very dramatic. And uh, I feel like he never really gets like that again. So, yeah, that uh, wraps up this episode. Um, and now we'll get on to our ratings.
3: All right. So I'm going to give this episode an eight. Um, it is one of my favorite episodes from season two. I think the only real criticism I can give it is that it doesn't have any action and I'm a sucker for some good action which I think the best episodes do have um I think we see Iroh at one of his best episodes like he drops a ton of wisdom here I think I mean Justin pointed out some character inconsistencies but I thought the characters overall were really good we see Aang struggle for once in his life (laughs) a little bit at least um and then we see Iroh and Zuko's relationship. We see Katara and Toph kind of resolve their relationship. And Sokka is good Sokka, as always. Um, and just, yeah, all the stuff about All Four Nations and um, Iroh's lecture on that is is one of the best. So, yeah, I'll give this episode an eight.
1: I give this episode... A four, and here's why. Um, so I think the A plot is incredibly, incredibly boring. Uh, I think, uh, Zuko, or sorry, not Zuko. I think Sokka being stuck in a in a crevice is like not a very compelling like plot line. In fact, it's probably about the most boring plot line you can think of. And I think a lot of Team <laughs> Avatar is like very out of character to the point where it feels like an early episode one kind of like oh characterization. man i, I um, disagree
3: so hard and then <laughs> didn't want to say anything and but... then
1: on top of that i feel like Aang gets over his like it's one thing if it was just a physical like oh he learned this new skill but it's like if this episode's going to make the argument that these nations have personalities, how is he just going to overcome this core part of his personality in like the matter of like 6 or 7 hours? I don't know. It's just not mm-hmm. very compelling or believable. I think the only redeeming factor um is the B plot and the B plot is very good. If the B plot were the A plot, then I don't know, maybe this would be a 7 or an 8. Uh but it's not. So, yeah, a 4.
2: Hmm. Interesting. So I'm gonna do what I usually do and go in the middle. Um, So I gave this one a six. Um, Yeah, kind of like, I feel like I expected to like it more just because I remember it being like, oh, Zuko like tries to redirect lightning and the end was really dramatic. Um, But yeah, I don't know. So so like, Justin, I agree, like, I feel like the Ira Zuko plot was like, so good you know Iroh I feel like was the star of this episode for sure um and then yeah the last scene or the last few scenes with Zuko it's just like so raw um but yeah I just feel like the I mean like Aang training like I feel like now that Justin mentions it like it is a little too fast and like there's a training montage and that's kind of fun but like I don't know it kind of just feels like a lot happens and in in in, like the blink of an eye and the soccer part was just like so fine so yeah I, I really like i mean didn't even really remember that part i was like it was pretty boring honestly um but like i feel like the rest of it was so good and you know not much happens like i was saying like in terms of action but it's still interesting because it's like the characters are really good so i'd say it's above average still um and i thought this was funny um one last fun fact is in the legend of cora episode oh spoilers 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 the calling um <laughs> Toph who comes back summarizes the events of this episode by saying because she's talking to Core in the swamp and then she's like I threw some rocks at the avatar he got all whiny and Sokka fell in a hole and I'm like that basically <laughs> sums it up so I don't know <laughs> yeah I feel like that's why I gave the six. um oh so that's the end of today's episode. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, sorry it's been a while, but we'll try to be more consistent from now on. Um, and we hope you enjoyed our discussion of bitter work. Uh, we release on WhatsApp of Wednesdays. <laughs> so we'll see you next time for our discussion of the library. If you want to stay up to date on when we release or submit thoughts or questions on the episodes uh, or you know, join us as our air nomad friend, be sure to follow us on Instagram at at what's underscore appa, like our Facebook page, or you can email us at what's at gmail.com. Also subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss the next episode. And be sure to hit us up with a five star rating if you like this one. Um thanks again and we'll see you next time. Bye.
1: Bye. Hotman.